Hey guys, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is our Thanksgiving episode. We are recording this on a Wednesday evening, and I was going to say that we're going to actually hold this episode till Friday, but there's a movie that we, we can't actually release. We can't give our reactions or review of this movie until Friday. So what we're going to do is we're going to briefly mention on Friday on your Find Your Film podcast feed, you will receive our review of the Netflix film, A Castle for Christmas. And the reason why is the good people over at Netflix are actually making us release, making reviewers release A Castle for Christmas on Friday at 12. So we can't even say anything about this Brooke Shields, Carrie Elway's movie, except the only thing I will mention is, Eric, you just finished it, the movie, right? Yeah. You just finished it a couple yeah. seconds ago. Okay, cool. That's all Eric Holmes can say I, I, after we're I, done recording this episode. I will say <laughs> yeah. nothing more about it than, yes, you, you, I saw it. And we'll yes, you saw it. Very very good. And and are you going to say yes to Bruce? What else? Are you going to stay? do the party line? Are you going to say yes? No yes, opening until Black well, right? Friday. No opening until Black Friday. I'm, I'm keeping the, the no. present wrapped. No, okay. By the way, Black Friday, Bruce, you and your family, Eric, you and your loved ones, do you guys do Black Fridays or at all or no? Is it just you think it's no. a marketing scam? What do, what do you guys think? What, what, I, I no? went to a I went D- to DVDs a, or Blu-rays? I went to a Black Friday on accident once after uh, we had the Thanksgiving stuff and then I was going to uh, drive to Omaha and on the way to Omaha I had to swing by a Walmart to like grab some batteries or something and then I you know I was just going to run in and grab batteries I'm like man there's a lot of people here <laughs> I was like oh shit that's right there's a thing going on so. Yeah, never again. Wait, wait. Did you actually get your batteries? Did you have to wait in line or did you just say, F it, I'm, I'm I did. not going Th- back on the road. Forget this. Thankfully, people weren't in line waiting to get cheap batteries. They were going after other stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. It, how about it, you, it Bruce? Went... Are you battery Black Friday, Bruce Perky? Or did you see how I did that? Or do you do? Or you just ignore it altogether? I, I, I like to go through at about 6 or 7 p.m. on Black Friday and just kind of like walking through the like the the. The battlefield of bodies, you know, decimated, smoking and smoldering. Kind of like in the Green Knight, I look for the person who's, you know, <laughs> picking over the bodies. Yeah, Green Knight, that's a little callback. Did you end up, I forget, you you were mixed on Green Knight, right? The Green Knight or Green Knight, Bruce, weren't you a little bit? Or you ended up recommending the film, I know that. I think most people like it. I, I did not really enjoy it very much. Oh, okay, you did not. But Eric, was was Green Knight or the Green Knight? Is it Green Knight or the Green Knight? I don't know. The was it one of your favorites this year? Oh, Green Knight. Was Green Knight one of your favorites? Maybe top 20, top 25 for you? Yeah, upon, probably, upon reflection? yeah probably in there. Yeah, probably not top 10, but definitely within the top 20 for sure. It's weird because like, this, this, this year has been pretty stacked. I'm, I'm quite pleased with it thus far. Okay, yeah, very, very stacked. Actually, this, this episode is stacked with Oscar contenders, which, which I'm really excited about. We have a movie called Black Friday, which Bruce and Eric did review. I, me, me being very irresponsible, under, I could not get this movie under the gun. And unfortunately, we have an, another documentary called Writing with Fire, which I'm very excited to talk about. And then there's this other movie that, my goodness, Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. I, this sounds like something that would be stuck on my Google Chrome browser, Bruce. Is this one of these? You were one of the first people to see this. Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. What did you think of that moniker? It was not the sequel to Space Jam that I thought it was going to be. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of jamming in this movie, though, isn't there? Eric Holmes, what do you think? Did yeah. you, was it was it more? Was this movie more of a bad luck banging, or was it more of a loony porn for you? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, I, I surely wasn't a uh, sequel to Space Jam. Possibly a sequel to Zeros and Ones. We'll see. 
<laughs> this might be an allusion to the Abel Ferrara film Zeros and Ones last week, which stars Ethan Hawke. And all three of us did not like the movie, but Eric Holmes wanted oh. to recommend Zeros and Ones because it's worth. Oh, oh, oh! I'm, that, that's not Eric, true. you're gonna correct me. Yes, I, I did like it. I just think everyone else will hate it. Eric Holmes no. did like Zeros and Ones. And oh, this might be an allusion to Bad Luck, Bang, or Looney Porn. I think Eric Holmes has his cards on the table thinking that me and Bruce Perky will absolutely hate this movie. Also, in recommendations, Bruce, you saw Ghostbusters Afterlife with your with your sons or you know, one of them or both of them? Yeah, both of them. We, we all went and saw the big kids movie of the weekend that wasn't a giant red dog. That wasn't a giant. I have seen, because thanks to my five-year-old niece, Claire, I have seen Clifford the Big Red Dog movie three times. So that is something. <laughs> that is something. That is really That is really bleeping something. Eric, you have a rewind for us that you're going to be talking about? Yes, I do. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Love and Monsters. You forgot Love and, yeah. Love and Monsters. Love and it, Monsters. It, it's weird. You ask me a question, and my brain's like, nope, not right now, Eric. And then I had to reload, and now I'm good. <laughs> And the reason why he wanted to see Love and Monsters was why, Eric? Uh, Bruce was, kept talking it up, and it was just one of those movies that kept, that kept uh, oh, I'm going to watch that, I'm going to watch that, and I kept forgetting. It was one of those things like when you go into, uh, you always have the album you want to get, and as soon as you walk into the music store, it's like, oh, shit, what was that? Screw it, I guess I'll get Steely Dan's greatest hits again. <laughs> love Steely Dan, love Steely Dan, and hopefully you do also love Love and Monsters. I'll, I'll be the... Eventually, I'm going to get to this movie. Again, Bruce Perky, really love Love and Monsters. And then we're going to wrap up the show with a recommendation from a filmmaker we both love, Bruce. What are you going to do? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Scott Atkins had suggested that we watch... I want to make sure I say it right, so I have it written down here. It's Kuro Obi, which I think translates as Black Belt from 2007. Okay, so that we were, we're going to close that episode with a... Yeah, Black Belt, however you pronounced it, by Scott Adkins. Again, a uh, personal hero, favorite of Eric Holmes. And you can actually listen to that Scott Adkins interview with Eric Holmes in our Find Your Film podcast feed. So without further ado, let's get to Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn. This movie, I believe, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie from Romania. And I'm, you know, look, maybe my, my knowledge of world cinema is very bad. This, thankfully, is probably the first film I have seen. It's written and directed from, from that country. I've written and directed by Radu Jude, J-U-D-E. It's, an inter- it's a pretty simple plot. It centers on this school teacher named Emmy, E-M-I, and she has a, a big dilemma. She was caught. There's a tape, an intimate tape between her and her husband, pretty much a porn tape, that's, which her husband inadvertently uploaded or uploaded to a site and it's supposedly a a private site and they thought everything would be fine but it got into the wrong hands and now it's a very it's a it's a controversy within our school because the fellow school teachers and most importantly the parents and the kids they know that this school teacher emmy who's a very principled school teacher she's she's very good with the kids she knows her way around education she's very serious about her job when she wanted to be intimate with her with her husband one night they they get into it and their intimate encounter is well documented within people within within the community. And they want there are a lot of people in the community want her fired from her job, but she's gonna do her best to face the crowd, face the mass, and try her best to keep her job and keep her dignity in the process. That is the linear plot line behind bad luck banging or loony porn. The reason why 
movies called bad luck ba- banging or loony porn is you see a lot of bad luck banging within the first several minutes. It's basically almost you see sex. You see actually banging in the beginning. It's n- full frontal nudity between these these two people, this couple. Pretty shocking. And you see a lot of nudity within this movie because they go back to that porn sequence throughout the film. It's a very surreal film. I'm going to start off with Bruce Perky. Your thoughts on bad luck banging or loony porn? Um, well, this would, uh, right out of the gate, I would say this is not a recommend for me. I would probably be able to recommend it if it was about a 15 minute short, which is about how much I think is in here that is really great. The problem, okay, so you talked about how it opens and then it has a little ditty. Uh, and it kind of is divided into three parts. The first part is the main character, Katya, I believe, or is it Amelia? I don't remember. Emmy. Walking. E-M-I. Emmy. Oh, E-M-I. Emmy. Okay. It, her walking around the streets of Bucharest, I believe, or I'm not sure. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Bucharest. <laughs> walking around. No, and Bucharest, yeah. Basically, people are in the vicinity of her being assholes, and that takes about 25 to 30. 35 minutes i think and the middle part is kind of like a history lesson slash word like a visual word book kind of trying to teach us i guess about the history of Just, racism in romania it has to teach us pretty much everything in romania it's sort of a life yeah. lesson a culture lesson about yeah. romania and it's basically about almost 15 to 20 minutes of just yeah just stream of consciousness factoids about the area. Yeah. So. And then the last section is the is the kind of the kangaroo court where she's kind of held up to whether her morals are befitting of this kind of uppity hoity-toity school. Now that part was interesting at the beginning, but it went on for me way too long. And I feel like this is one of those movies that kind of... So certain movies, they feel like they take you along on the ride, even if they're really esoteric and strange and they wanted to kind of immerse you in the world. This movie to me feels like it's talking down to you. Like it's, it's teaching you, it's like, you're, you're kind of dumb audience and I'm going to help you along. And at the same time, it kind of undercuts its own messages by kind of, mm, kind of doing this sort of um, uh, absurdist thing where it's like uh, this, this movie doesn't really matter. Oh, maybe it does matter. Oh, maybe it doesn't matter. I, 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 it was, it was really tiresome for me. Uh, and I would not recommend this movie. This movie runs 106 minutes, 106 minutes of pure torture, Bruce, for you. No, I mean, it had, like I said, it had its moments. I, I think the kangaroo court thing itself, um, that could have been about a 15 minute short that could have been really interesting and, and, you know, said a lot about society right now. But Bennett got preachy and talky and, and tried to teach us, literally having people read from phones <laughs> from other people <laughs> about things. And I'm like, I've had enough now. Thank you. So definitely not a recommend. Did no. you, it's just, you just dislike the movie. Not for you. Not for me. No. Eric Holmes. A Homes for Christmas. A Homes for Christmas. What do you think of Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn? Do you concur with Bruce Berkey? Oh, this movie's absolutely brilliant. I love how it shows the lady walking, and then she walks some more. <laughs> okay. And then she gets okay. done walking, and then the camera goes over and just kind of stares at a wall for five minutes. And then she's walking again. The camera's following her. It's following her. And then she stops, but the camera keeps going, and she stares at a ceiling for five minutes. And then she's walking, and the camera's following her, and then she stops walking, and then the camera stares at the ground for five minutes. Because, you see, Greg, here's the thing. I don't understand how walking works, and I don't understand the ennui of real life, so the you can't ennui. just show me one establishing shot. <laughs> how dare you walking. pull out the ennui? You need to show me 15 establishing okay. shots of someone walking. 
and then you're not allowed to and, use and the then, word unless I have Stella Artois <laughs> behind me or or my yearly yearly glass of Riesling. Well, so uh, <laughs> see, but the thing is, I'm so stupid that I don't understand how that works. That you also, after she's done walking, you need to stare at a wall. So I have time to reflect on how she walks, I guess. And then about 20 minutes, it gets to the it gets to the point of oh that that uh, that porno type tape that you saw at the beginning of the the movie which by the way that was probably the best part of the the whole movie was that first opening three minutes yeah uh just the fact that hey we're gonna make a movie and it's gonna open up with porn cool i you know (laughs) you know what's what's weird what's weird was when i was watching that i go oh wait wait i'm supposed to be watching uh, i'm supposed to be watching a movie right now i should close my other browser but then i realized (laughs) that was the movie well so it it got it got to the point of uh oh there's a uh porn tape out and and it got online somehow and i'm a teacher and this is bad news i'm like oh cool 25 minutes in you finally got to the point okay this is a this is an interesting uh it's an interesting set of circumstances and then by the way folks eric holmes and then we get to see he was watching this movie in real time and he was commenting on this movie in our facebook messenger in real time so bruce and i got I know I, I may have missed something when she was walking around for the seventeenth time, and then the camera just kind of goes to a, <laughs> a, a sidewalk and looks at that for five minutes. And then, I mean, this movie's so brilliant; it's so it, it's so introspective. And then it, it does the uh, middle part where it just uh, plays all the memes. Um, one of which uh, says, "Apart from being uninteresting, it's reportedly quite stupid," which I think sums this movie up brilliantly. There's just about an hour worth of memes. And then at the end, you finally get the uh, part where she's uh, confronted by all the PTAs. And like right up Bruce your alley, said, Eric. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, cor- you cor- did, exactly. And as Bruce said, that that part, like fifteen minutes of that, probably the best part of the whole movie, and it's the only time they had anything interesting to say. And then it gets to the end of the movie. I'm like, wow, this was a <laughs> fucking waste of time. And then the movie literally tells you it was a waste of time. <laughs> So, Eric, Eric, Eric. Right. That's not, the scene? that's not. That's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. No. What about the scene where it looked at the wall for five minutes, and then it went onto the same wall for another section for five minutes, and then it went on another section of the wall for five minutes, and then it went on. A, you remember that part? That now that was really cool, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it talks about the uh, inner humanity and how we need to, uh, you know, soak things in. I guess. <laughs> but look, this movie's stupid, and. It's kind of mostly pointless other than, you know, like we said, the, the weird thing is like the middle part with all the memes, it throws so much at you and it's so boring that I think that anyone could watch this and go, no, actually the, it's the filmmaker trying to tell us something about blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. Humans are good at finding patterns, even when patterns aren't there. Like in the case of this movie, there's nothing there, but it, it throws enough random shit at you that you can kind of figure out your own pattern or figure out a own thing. And so, you know, you can try to decode this if you want, but the end of the movie, it says it was all a joke. It was basically just a waste of time. And so I'm going to defer to the filmmakers of this movie, that this movie's a waste of time and you probably shouldn't watch it, but Hey, you do you. Okay. Yeah. So the strong dislikes, strong, no recommends from Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. And I, you know, I'm just going to, I have no idea what to even say about bad luck. Oh no, no, Banging no, they, loony Greg, porn, this to be is, honest. I didn't say this. I don't even a, know what to say. I didn't say this isn't a recommend. This movie's brilliant. This movie's really, really smart. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> very good. That's Eric Holmes being – he likes this movie as much as he loved Netflix's Red Notice. Let's just say that. Yeah. Do you concur, Eric? This is as good as Red Notice? Um, There's a book uh, by Nathan Day. <laughs> yeah. There's a, very good. There's a book by Nathan Day. Very good. Nathan, we love you, man. You're a great author. Bad luck banging or loony porn. Let's just face it. Sarcasm aside, Bruce and Eric definitely do not recommend this movie. I don't even know what to say. I I don't even want to join the chorus because it's what else am I going to say about this movie other than that I really, really dug this film. This movie riveted me. I was hooked from the get-go. All the, all the segments worked for me. And... To Eric and Bruce's points, most people will not like this movie. I just thought, look, there is – Eric, you were right. There's a lot of stuff that's thrown in the wall, but I just – I, you know, I I dug it. I don't know I don't know what I dug. The whole walking around the streets, you know, I, I liked it. Bruce was joking like this. they should just call this movie just establishing shot the movie. I like establishing <laughs> – I like establishing shots. I like when they can. You know, I'm a De Palma fan. I like when it go went to different parts of. Look, I have my own philosophy on what this filmmaker was trying to do. This will be like a complete hour dis- dissertation on the movie, and I don't want to get into it. But it hooked me. I don't. Fu- I don't. I don't know if I could fully recommend this movie, but for me personally, it was worth it. It, it was. I liked every single moment of it. I was not. I wasn't even frustrated with this movie. I just went, and maybe it's because Bruce and Eric really prepared me for, for to, to possibly hate this movie. And I just, when I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm not hating this movie. I'm actually kind of like the oh, they probably didn't like this when it just panned to the to this whole wall for about several minutes. Uh, I like the wall. It's interesting. It has some nice, oh, it has some nice sem, sem, oh, like semiotic, like semiotic, uh, very subliminal messages there. I like that. Oh. People are being mean to each other on the streets, and we're supposed to kind of get that. Oh, I like that. Oh, that. You know, so there are things I really like about this movie. In fairness, I think most people will not like bad luck, banging, or loony porn. This movie, it opened on Friday, November 19th in select theaters. It's currently, as of we're speaking right now, on November 26th, it hits the landmark Newark in Los Angeles, California, and it will have a national rollout to follow in December. I So strong... No recommends from Bruce and Eric. Do, they're saying, do not go see this movie. Eric says, this is a waste of time. I say, you know what? Honestly, I also said it's brilliant. Was not, I also said it's brilliant. Yeah, okay. I know. I honestly, 106 minutes. I honestly say, I, I feel that this movie is brilliant. It made me wake up. It made me actually pay attention to what was going on. It's, I was going to say ballsy, but, but you see, there, look, there's a lot of nudity here. It's not going to be for everyone, but for, for some reason, this is a movie that I really, that I recommend personally. And if you want to actually give experimental cinema a shot with a chance, with a caveat that you may actually really dislike this movie, gamble. Give, give this movie a gamble. All right. Wonder, so that is bad luck banging. I wonder if it's like a, a magic eye thing. Like you're you're able to see the ship and the magic eye. Me and Bruce just see a bunch of noise. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, bad luck, bang. maybe. Bad luck, bang or or loony porn again. So that I I'm so excited to hear what some of our cinematics Facebook group members. Hopefully, some of them, a couple of them, see this movie. Maybe they'll start yelling at me even more after saying that I really recommend this movie. Next up is a movie that I did not see. It's a movie that's currently I don't know is it playing in theaters I think it's believe I believe it might be playing in theaters might be available on VOD. It's a movie called Black Friday. I'll look it up right now. The reason why I got it it, it stars Devin Sawa and it also stars um, Bruce Campbell. And yeah, I, I thought this would be a perfect movie for Bruce and Eric to watch. What did you guys think of Black Friday? What is it about? There's uh, aliens come yeah. down from a planet 
and then infect humans like zombies. This is pretty much uh, Dawn of the Christmas, uh, but with aliens instead of zombies. Um, it's uh, Black Friday, or it's just before Black Friday. Uh, all the all the people inside the uh, store are kind of getting ready for everything. Uh, uh, Bruce Campbell's the store manager. He's trying to get everyone hyped up, as store managers do. And all the uh, employee, most employees are kind of uh, just not wanting to be there, as you wouldn't want to be for Black Friday. And then uh, Black Friday starts, and the what, what do you call it? the random uh, violence uh, starts taking hold. Um, yeah, it's pretty much just Dawn of the Dead at Christmas, but with uh, <laughs> with uh, aliens instead of zombies. And it, it, it's fun. So it's Bruce, fun. so I said, it says here, Bruce Campbell plays a store manager named Jonathan, and Ken is his longtime employee. That person is played by Devin Sawa. Bruce, what did you think? Eric said this was fun. Was it fun for you? Yeah, I would say it's a mild recommend for me. This is kind of like... Um... It's a little more of a goofy broad tone that I like in some of these movies, but it's I mean it's 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 good enough and it does have some pretty neat practical effects. I mean it it definitely for a low budget movie it's it's trying to give you a lot of uh, bang for your buck. And I like the idea of kind of these, you know, down and out people stuck on Black Friday at this, you know, shitty toy store, you know, having to deal with this on top of just having to deal with Black Friday. I think that's kind of a nice setup. I kind of wish it would have been a little less zombie and they'd been a little more creative with the the creatures. Like, I wish the creatures would have been a little more alien than zombie, even though they're supposed to be aliens. I think I would have enjoyed that a little more if I could have seen, like, weird transformations or weird aliens that just didn't look kind of like, you know, crusty zombies. But it was it was fun enough. I mean, I wouldn't say I would run out to see it. I kind of put this in the camp of something like... um a better version of a Willy's Wonderland, like Willy's and one Willy's Willy's Wonderland kind of promised an interesting premise, but really didn't deliver. This one has an interesting premise and, and it, it kind of delivers. It's, it's, it's decent. If I were going to go for a zombie ish Christmassy movie though, I would probably veer to Anna and the apocalypse instead. Cause then you get a musical too. So maybe it was my version. Did you get a weird beep noise? Like every 10 minutes or so? Yeah. I think that was a, a don't record this uh, oh, okay. screener right. screener I, thing it was very I, annoying <laughs> I, kept, I kept like I, I kept hearing the beep and I kept I, I normally my phone's on like you know quiet or whatever and I kept I was like no it's still off and and so that that was a bit distracting but I guess that's not part of the movie so if you watch that you won't hear the beeps and that's a plus uh one of the minuses was uh Michael J. White was in this and normally that's a plus but I, I he seemed kind of underused in this because I, I love Michael J. White and just about everything. And he's great in this when he shows up, but he's not in it very much. Uh, Bruce Campbell, I mean, he plays a pretty, like Bruce Campbell's plays one of those characters that if you're a fan of him, uh, this is kind of the, this is kind of a character you'd appreciate from him. He's kind of smart or slimy a little bit, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's overall pretty fun. Not gonna, you know, not gonna turn the, uh, light the world on fire, but you know, if you want a silly, fun Christmas Dawn the Dead movie. This will this will scratch that itch for sure. So that is Black Friday. It's available on VOD. It's currently on. It's currently in theaters as we as we're recording this, and it's it's already available on demand. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen Black Friday. So hopefully, so you would recommend. This is a light recommend for you, right, Eric? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
this is one of those watch the trailer if it seems like something you'd be into then you're not going to be disappointed probably won't be wowed but you know it it is what it is okay cool you know what we're going to do bruce is going to come back in a second we're going to actually cover riding with fire in a second but why don't we do a, a rewind with you right now with love and monsters it's a movie that bruce really enjoyed how did you feel on the rewind watching love and monsters this was a high recommend for bruce is it a high recommend for you as well yeah, yeah. Uh, Love and Monsters was really good. Um, shoot, I'm trying to think of the movie around my name, but it, it doesn't matter because this one's the better version of Oh, the... Uh, uh, and I lost it again. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Love and Monsters is really fun. Bruce was talking about like the lack of creativity in the monsters in uh, Black Friday, and uh, the Love and Monsters does not have this problem. They have all sorts of all manners of fun-looking creatures. Um, and it's got a, it's got a pretty good, uh, it's got really good characters in it and really good kind of lore. Like, uh, once they go out in the world and you're kind of trying to learn the rules along with the guy out there. And then it's got a a nice kind of take on the, uh, kind of love story. You know, it's got a a love story to it, but this one kind of goes in different directions. Uh, especially towards uh, the middle part towards the end and, uh. Overall, yeah, this is really good. And Bruce, maybe you can what did you see this on Hulu? Um, did, you, did you see this on Hulu? Oh shoot, where did I see? It? I think Amazon. Okay, Amazon. Pretty sure right. it was Amazon. But uh, I, I, I was trying to think of oh, Zombieland. It's like Zombieland, but this is like the better version of Zombieland. And I like Zombieland, so that's like that's like you know, Zombieland's pretty good. This one's like you know even better than that. So if you're into Zombieland, check out Love and Monsters, and this will be even better for you. I think. There's some little hints of uh, Finch, too. Like, when I was watching Finch, I was thinking, this does some of the same things, but more in a bigger way and more more stuff's happening than in Finch, I think. so. Okay, so Love and oh, Monsters? It's, it, yeah. One, one last thing. The dog in this movie is fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I believe his name's Boy or Dog. or like He doesn't have a name, really. He, he just keeps calling Boy or Dog. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the the dog in this is probably one of the best dogs in a movie I've seen since, uh, yeah, it's been a while. Probably since Air Buddies. <laughs> Air Buddies? Is that a sequel to Air Bud? Yeah. Like the 10th one or something? Okay. So yeah, Love and Monsters is cur- it, yeah. it's currently available on Hulu and also on Paramount. It's available everywhere. So Hulu, Paramount, also you can rent it for three ninety nine over on Apple TV. Also, it's available on Epics. Again, that's Love and Monsters starring Dylan O'Brien and Jessica Henwick and the aforementioned dog. So, Eric ended up really loving this as much as Bruce Perky. Speaking of which, let's go to our final film for this week, and it is called Riding with Fire. It's currently, well, as of this week, it's it's opening in New York, LA, and Chicago as of this week, and we're assuming it's going to have more, more of a national rollout come in December, and it's the true story of a group of women who are part of this newspaper. It's not just a; it's a news outlet. It's called Kabar Laharia or Laharia or Laharia. I don't even know how to pronounce it. But these women from from India, and they're they're just journalists. They just want to do a good job, and they want to re- they want to report around their area. There's a lot of corruption. There's rape. There's violence. There's political elections. These women. Living in the caste system of India, they are swimming upstream just being women and also trying to actually have a job as journalists. So this movie, this this actually documentary at 94 minutes chronicles their journey. It, it centers on about maybe three or four journalists 
two specifically, but you get a, a taste of a lot of the staff writers and the members of this group, uh, this uh, these journalists throughout this it's 94 minutes. I was engrossed from the first minute on, and I really, really love this movie. Bruce, your thoughts on writing with fire? Yeah, this is this is excellent. Um, it does all the things you talked about. I think one thing you, you touched on slightly was, and I forget the name of it, but they're of a certain cast that is considered low cast, you know, like they're not expected to do any of this stuff. And that's part of the reason they, they became reporters, because in a way, there's no one kind of looking out for them sort of a thing. And what I really appreciate about this movie. So I had mentioned to you offline that it kind of reminded me a little bit of a thousand cuts that was about Maria Ressa earlier this year uh, in the Philippines. But whereas she is a very um, established, you know, bold reporter, still doing very, very important work. This group of women you see in this movie are absolute novices. And it's essentially, well, not all of them, but most of them are. And it's showing you this kind of this ground, this groundswell from them to try to get the word out and to make a difference in the most kind of essentially basic way that you would expect from the press. It kind of gives you, it's interesting, it gives you um, a renewed respect for what the press can be, like what it actually can be, like what it's actually supposed to be. Uh, and even more so, just watching these women like really having to step outside of what's expected of them. Like you go, you go several times throughout the movie and see the different reporters in their home life, and the men and the other people there are literally just saying like, "What are you doing at night?" You know, they're gonna you're you're out at night, after, at, you know, doing your job, and people are gonna think you're you know uh, you're putting shame on our family and so on and so forth. Not to mention they're putting themselves in danger, just literally putting themselves in danger, and to the point that some of the women have to be shown by other women who are a little more experienced, like how to use a cell phone, like how to like, literally how to take a photo with a cell phone. Uh, I think it was fascinating, um, kind of inspiring, pretty scary at times. And there's a scene towards the end at a wedding. I'm just going to say a scene at a wedding that was really heartbreaking to watch. Yes. And it was kind of amazing. And it, it plays out in a way, I'm not going to say how it plays out, um, but there's a lot, there's a lot going on in this movie for a documentary. I think it's very value added. I would highly recommend this. I highly recommend this as well. The filmmakers Rintu Thomas and Sushmit Ghosh or Ghosh, G-H-O-S-H. Look, this documentary could have just been a talking head documentary and just point the camera where it's supposed to be. But this movie is be really beautifully shot for a documentary where you didn't need, when you didn't need these really interesting compositions, they do it. There is a scene where one of the journalists talks about her mining by living in a mining area and you see her traverse this whole field and you go, wow, this looks like a, like a, a big time movie <laughs> the way it's and you see you actually see the camera follow um you, you see like a faraway shot of one of the girls carrying rocks to the tractor and everything there's and that's a whole different mo movie right there i mean it's it's just really intense and also the fact that these women they're just so brave they they can basically there's four, what's that what's that uh, stat like over since 2014 over wait what like 40 journalists have been killed in india just for doing their job my goodness. So they are putting themselves in harm's way just to report the news. And sometimes, well, you know, this whole mining thing, this whole mining corruption thing, they're taking on the mafia. They're taking on a supposedly corrupt police force. And they're just trying to report the news and trying to do their job. This is scary times and very inspiring, very inspiring documentary and also really well told. Eric, your thoughts on this film? 
I think stock. this is a required viewing for um, anyone working in journalism <laughs> because these ladies are doing um, they're doing under duress. I mean, well, probably not under duress, but they're uh, that's not the right term. Um, they essentially they're putting their lives on the line for telling the truth. And I think a lot of uh, a lot of the news media, at least in America, it seems that um, that's not important to them. Uh, but to these women, it is, and it's so much so that they'll they'll put their livelihood and their their own lives, you know, on the line to do that. And I think it's really inspiring, and at times harrowing. Um, that that scene you were talking about at the uh, at the you know, where you just saw her the mine, broken, yeah. that you saw her broken down. Oh, the uh, the wedding. wedding, yeah, 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 and it, it just kind of uh, that that scene by itself, you know, it doesn't really play, but within the context of the story, uh, with the context of their lives, it's it's really sad, and um, th- yeah, this movie's fantastic. Uh, kind of, um, we we reviewed uh, Hive, and I, you know, yes, my, yes. my my issue, like I liked Hive, but I didn't think it was as biting as it could be. This is the movie I was kind of hoping Hive would be, you know, it, it kind of, it, and maybe it's because these are actual people and we're following, you know, it's a documentary, but this one, this one really drove home what they have to live with and the kind, also the kind of people they are, you know, these people are absolute heroes in my book. And, 100%. They, you know, I, I think, uh, I, I literally think everyone in journalism needs to watch this and take notes. Well, let's face it. There are a couple of questions that they ask. There is this one section remember, when there when there's a religious day and she goes up to the head and she's asking this person about why on a, a day of religion are you wearing the political party's colors? That's a question that you don't ask in front of a huge group of people celebrating a religious yeah. day. And this woman does it. I wouldn't have the stones to do it. I don't know about you guys. I would just... And then there's another scene which is very important where a young journalist talks about the difference between... She's being schooled by her mentor about the difference between telling a story and having an angle on the story. And that's why, Eric, to your point, this is must a must-watch for journalists of all ages. Where And the mentor says, well, what you wrote was a promotional piece. The way you write the story is you have it, you need to have an angle. And that same person who's talking about the angle is the same person who asks these tough questions. Sometimes you have to do the dirty work to get the real story out. Unfortunately, most journalists won't do, a lot of journalists won't do this because, well, they want to live. <laughs> they fear They fear for, they, they want to actually live to see another. I want to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have parents, they have kids. I would never do what these women are doing. And look, I actually followed their, uh, their publication on Instagram and I can't wait to actually watch their, their more of their YouTube channels. We'll definitely support what they do. But I look, I'm trying to think of documentaries we've seen this year. I think maybe what this was last year, the reason I jump, but this is as far as documentary goes, this is a top notch documentary, high recommendation for me. High recommendation from Bruce. Also for you, Eric. Yes. Oh yes, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, one thing, um, as harrowing as this can get, and as dangerous it gets, uh, for them, I never found this documentary to be a bummer. This this yeah. documentary was absolutely inspiring. Just the way they're just constantly pushing forward and yeah. trying to trying to get what they what they want to get done, 
and uh, tell the truth. It, you know, normally something like this would be like, oh, it, it sucks for women, and it does. Women are, you know, uh, those women specifically are treated like garbage, um, but they, they push through regardless, and it's it's very inspiring to watch them. Yeah, I was say part of it, too, is that it shows them doing kind of all kinds of things. Like, they are mm-hmm. all about making a positive effect. So all of those things you're talking about, like all the, the stuff that could be really heavy, is part of it. But then sometimes they're doing something like going to a town, just making sure they get electricity. Or making sure a road is getting fixed. So they're doing these super basic things to improve somebody's life. And then they're doing these really heavy stories. So I think that also allows it to kind of be more universal and less heavy. Because you're kind of seeing that this kind of broad uh, intent that they have. Which is all for positive change, basically. Even something as simple as going around in a circle. Saying what they aspire to. You know, it was just a small scene, but it was like... Oh, it's yeah. just one Amazing. more scene to really uh, show the humanity of them and show who they are. Not like, you know, oh, this is what the documentary makes. Like, you get to see their actual personalities, which is very refreshing with something like this. Yes, to your point, Eric, personalities, maybe it's a stroke of luck. But these journalists, each of them, you want to follow their story for the rest of the thing. And there's only so much time it could cover. But I don't know, maybe, do you got, Bruce, do you think it was kind of lucky that they got pretty much all of the journalists are very interesting to watch? Do you think that's just a stroke of luck? Because I think that's another strength of the documentary. I don't know if it's a stroke of luck or if it's the kind of people that are attracted to be part of that group. It probably is kind of a self-selecting group because if they're strong enough and you know bold enough to go forward with that group, they're probably pretty interesting people. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of it fits in with that. Yeah. I felt really small after watching this. Well, I'm really small and I'm only five, five, six, but I felt really small after watching this documentary because they use their freaking cell phones to shoot and do interviews. They use lavaliers. They cut, they, they, a lot of, they, uh, they edit a lot of their stuff on their cell phones. Obviously they have an edit bay at work, but that's what, that's like what a MacBook. They have very a ram. Well, as of this, the the recording of this documentary, it's a pretty much a ramshackle ramshackle organization. But they do do such a good job with low tech and they cutting B roll. I mean, it's a. I was ah, I love this. I I, I I I'm I'm speechless at how much. My my only thing is I wish I was able to actually interview the filmmakers. I think I'm I'm too late. But I, I yeah, it's won a whole bunch of awards, like over twenty five awards. Won a couple of awards in Sundance. So yeah, Riding with Fire from Music Box Films, New York, LA, Chicago, November 26th. Eric, strong recommend? Yes, very much. I Not only strong recommend, required viewing. Required viewing, yes. Yes. Is it more b- brilliant than Bad Luck, uh, you know, uh, Bad Luck Banging or Looney Porn? More brilliant than that? Bad Luck bo- Banging or Looney Porn is so brilliant. Um, I can't even tell you how brilliant that movie is. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, that is Eric Holmes and his dry wit. That again, writing with fire. This documentary, we all loved it, and that is it. Now we are off to Bruce Perky's recommendation, or not? Which is, I'm not going to say who you're going to call or you know all that stuff. <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, Bruce. On our on our Facebook group, our buddy Andrew Martin was just basically saying, "Hey, this movie really sucks," and he can't imagine how people could actually like this movie. <laughs> Andrew Andrew Martin from Andrew Watches Movies. Do you concur with that? You well, you took your son, so I, maybe they like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind I, of experience. 
Yeah, I think I think that's actually right. I mean, I don't think this movie sucks. I and I think I, you know, he said that it's just bland. And I think this is one of the weird. Okay, the big thing about this movie is, as you might expect, there's a ton of what member berries. It's a ton of nostalgia thrown in here, all that kind of stuff. You kind of figure it's going to be in there. So, but in a strange way, I think this movie probably will work better for younger audiences that don't have all the nostalgia. Because I think the people who have all the nostalgia come in this and they want it to be a certain kind of movie. And it isn't really like the old Ghostbusters. It's it's almost more like, um, you know, how you have like a kid's adventure where they're trying to solve a mystery and it might be a supernatural mystery or you have the Goonies. It's kind of more that kind of movie. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Jason Reitman directed it, obviously. Um, and so you've got these kids that are the grandkids of uh, Venkman and... Do I got the right person? I don't know if I have the right person. I don't even remember their names. I'm not a huge Ghostbusters guy, so that's another thing. That's why it probably worked on me a little better. I think Ghostbusters is fine. This is, if you go into it, you got kids that are you know, anywhere from, I don't know, 8, 9, up to you know 12 or 13. I think they will probably enjoy this movie. It's got really good, you know, fun kid characters, which the kid characters are probably the best in this. Especially Phoebe, the nerdy girl who's trying to solve everything, who is played by McKenna Grace. And oh, do you great. remember McKenna Grace from Troop Zero? Of course. You loved her McKenna in Troop Grace. Zero. She's great. I don't think anyone hardly saw that movie, Troop Zero. It's a great movie. Um, she is so good in this. And she really is the, 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 the solid core of this movie. And then along with that, you've got Logan Kim, who plays kind of her buddy and, and trying to solve things, named Podcast. There you go. And then, of course, you got Paul Rudd in here doing his Paul Rudd thing. But he does it well. I think all that stuff no, to me— You're forgetting McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace, you're forgetting her in Malignant. She was a girl. I mean, the young girl in Malignant. Was she the girl in that? I didn't even yeah, catch she was a girl. That. Yeah, young. Yeah, it says here on the— Young Madison in Malignant. <laughs> you know what's so weird about her? She looks different in every role. Like, I didn't know that was her when I watched this movie until I went back and checked what else she had done. I was like, oh, crap. She was the main girl in in Troop Zero. So anyway, I'd say the first half to me was really strong. The second half, it gets much more um, nostalgic. And it starts throwing all the nostalgia at you. And it's fine. I mean, you're going to go. If you go there, you know what you're going to get. I say this is definitely a, hey, it goes to your streaming service. Give it a try. I don't think you have to run to the theater to watch it. So I would say it's a mild recommend for me. Um, if you got kids, it's a, it's a, it's kind of an easy go. You'll have fun. But it's more again, it's more value added if you were a, a huge fan of the first and possibly even the sequel. Uh, to, no, um, I think so it's the opposite. No, oh, got it. The opposite. I think if you go with all that nostalgia from the old ones, you will be more upset with this movie. Because they're doing stuff to your childhood, you know what I mean? Like, I almost mm. think this could be a movie that if it wasn't even attached to the Ghostbusters franchise at all, it would be even better. It doesn't even have to be attached to Ghostbusters, but it is, so that's fine. Okay, so that's Ghostbusters Afterlife. This is a mild recommend for you, right, Bruce? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Mild recommend, and that is Ghostbusters Afterlife. And we are, you know what, before we go, I just want to show you guys this. We're going to go to your what's in, the, what's in the Box in a second. Raging Fire. I just got Raging Fire. I got three copies of Raging Fire, folks. So we, I think all of us really enjoyed Raging Fire, right? Eric, Donna, yes. Yen, you know, Nicholas Dave, we, we, we just really enjoyed uh, Raging Fire. So WellGo USA, the good people over at WellGo USA gave us three extra copies. So head on over to my site, Deepest Dream, to get yourself a copy. And 
check out the post. We're going to be doing a lot more giveaways here on Find Your Film and Cinematics, all that stuff. I'll be seeing Anderson in a couple of days. I'm trying to do some kind of synergy. I remember Anderson joined us for that Spartacus Kubrick episode. We got to have Anderson back on pretty soon and that'd be that'd be really cool. We need a little bit more synergy between the two podcasts, meaning I need to do more work bringing it together. Yes, Eric, do you have something on your in your uh, noggin? Oh no, I was just the... thinking we need to bring Anderson on to uh, review a bunch of Scott Atkin movies. We need to bring him into <laughs> the fold. Well, oh, it'll, we'll be dragging him kicking and screaming, but we'll get him into the fold somehow. <laughs> Speaking of Scott Atkins, that is a perfect segue. You know what the best perfect segue though is? We don't we don't segue without our one of our Pretty much the fourth member of our troop. Who is the fourth? Do you know who the fourth member of our podcast is, Eric? Hmm. Uh, lately, it's been Pete. Who? Beta? Yeah. Lately, lately yeah. And why is Pete the, our fourth member? Why is Pete the chairman of middle class film class? Why is he? Why? Why is he pretty much our fourth member? Well, you know, it's like every time, every week, I'm looking at Pete, and he's just, he, he just, he's overworking himself. He's got all these beats, this beat in his hand, and so heavy. And and he looks like he's hurting his back. I mean, he's young, but eventually he's going to get old like us, and it's, it's just going to fuck his back up. And I look at him carrying this beat, and I have to look him right in the eye and go, Yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right. By the way... He's going to have a really bad back anyway because he has that big freaking turtle that he has to take care of, right? Yeah. My goodness. Two. I yeah. think he has two. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. All right. Would you Would you guys ever have a, a big turtle in your backyard? What do you think? Eric, would you ever Would you ever be the guardian of a turtle? Bruce? You no. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want a pet that I'm going to outlive or that's going to outlive me. Fair. Because then I'll have Fair. to invent a robot to take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to invent a robot. All right. Now... Here's the, we're closing out the show with a movie for what's in the box, what's in the what's in the bleeping box this week. But here's a good thing: is joining you, Bruce, is Eric Holmes, and there's a big reason why is Eric Holmes. You know, well, actually, Eric jo- joins you pretty much most weeks. What? Why is this week a special collab between you and Eric? Why? Well, probably because Eric's going to have more, like, way more informed things to say about this movie since he's more of a martial arts action fan than I am. But uh, also because it was suggested by Scott Atkins, so he, I'm sure, was like, "Well, I have to watch it then." <laughs> this movie That's it is exactly. <laughs> yeah. This movie is Black Belt Kuro Ob- Kuro Obi, 2007, directed by Oh boy, here we go, Shunichi Nagasaki. And I'll give the basic concept, and I'll let Eric kind of hop in because he could probably give a lot of ideas behind this, and then I can kind of chime back in. But the basic concept is this. It starts out, this is, I think, in the 1930s, and you start out at this dojo. All of these black belts are getting trained by their master. You see them all doing various things, and they look, for me, as a layperson not knowing much about martial arts, they look like they're pretty damn good at it, like for real. And really quickly, the army marches up, and they're like, we are taking over this dojo. It is ours now. And they're not very happy that that's going to get their dojo is going to get taken over and basically commandeered by the army. Uh, and these three trainees, these three black belts that are under the master, all kind of have different personalities. You've got one dude who is named um, Taka, Takai or Takai, Taken. And he's like the hothead. He wants to just take on everybody. And then there's the other dude in Giryu, and he tries to follow the master's you know the master's way which is like defense only defend yourself 
do not be the person who attacks. Um, just, you know, use your skills to defend, you know, the honor. And then the last guy, Choi uh, Choi, I can't say his name. He is kind of like the lesser skilled of the three and kind of in between. And the setup is that and how these three different students, but they're all like skilled students. They're all black belt level are going to basically prove their worth and eventually get the true black belt from the mass of the master because the master passes away in the very beginning. Um, and it's a pretty great story. I'll let Eric kind of chime in at this point and I can chime back in. Yeah, one one of the great things about this movie is that um, much to my surprise, this isn't, there's fighting in it, but this isn't like an action movie that you're thinking of. This this feels more like a character piece, like something Akira Kurosawa would have done. Um, and like in a lot of uh, martial arts movies, you'll hear about how martial arts means uh, more than, you know, it means more than just fighting. But then you watch the movie and all they do is fight. And they do that. They do fight in this. But I think this one, and I, I don't know uh, why Scott Atkins uh, responded to this movie as much as he did. I would guess that this movie does a lot in kind of uh, illustrating the, etho, the ethos behind martial arts. You know, it, it's not about fighting. Well, how, how why do we learn to punch a lot of the... Uh, lessons in martial arts at least uh, according to movies um are contradictory and the students obviously are confused by that and later on they learn it but the audience never really does and i think with this movie it kind of uh uh kind of uh shows more of the etho behind uh martial arts in general and it's it's a it's a good character piece um it's it's good uh you know um kind of uh you know the bro you know they're not bro actual brother brothers but they're essentially brothers and how they they differ they come you know come apart and come together it is happens in a lot of movies but i think it works really well in this one and yeah I, I was just not prepared for how thoughtful this movie was and i mean it's really more of a drama than it is an action movie but then when they do the action parts those are really good too so yeah this is huge recommend and i'm i'm happy i saw it I wish I would have saw it back in 2007 because this is a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is really good. And like he's saying, what it really does, I think clearly is kind of gives you like as a person who takes up fighting, the skill of fighting, like the two basic philosophies and how those may or may not be honorable and how they might cause a lot of moral quandary. And both of them have moral quandaries. And it doesn't just do it in an esoteric way. It has a really strong simple story with really clear villains and really clear goals. And I think that helps too. So you know what each character wants to achieve so that when you get to the, you know, any of these movies are going to have some kind of a, a, you know, kind of climactic battle. When you get to that, you know what the stakes are. The stakes are very clear and you're rooting for them and there's emotion behind it. And I think it makes it really good. And then the fighting itself, from my point of view, and once again, this is Eric can say what he said, thinks too. It looks amazingly well done it looks really real to me very cool oh my gosh i'm, I'm missing out on this movie huh yes. yeah it's good <laughs> <laughs> okay so that is black belt 2007 recommended by scott adkins that is it before we go what's in the box you know by the way we're gonna do that brook shields that christmas movie we're i'm gonna release this actually on thursday and we're gonna actually review 
that castle for Christmas for another mini feed on Friday. I'm going to release it on Friday as well, <laughs> just so I can get an extra 24 hours to get this thing out. Anyways, Bruce, let's, it's time. What's in the bleeping box? What what's is in, in the box? box? What's in the box? I don't know what's in the box. I haven't opened it yet. Okay, I'm opening it right now. I'm grabbing a piece of paper. Hopefully it's not a repeat of something I've done. Oh my god, it's the one I just put in two days ago. That is pure luck. Uh, This was suggested by Joseph Bridges, and I am really interested in watching this movie. It is called... Joseph Bridges, that's grim, yeah. (laughs) Biokids from 1990 by Bibong Osorio, which I believe we were talking about online as being a Filipino movie. Kind of the Filipino version of, I think, Power Rangers? It's supposed to be crazy. So I'm looking forward to watching BioKids. Bio I might join you on that, me being fil- fil- half Filipino as well. I might join you on BioKids. <laughs> Joseph Bridges actually liked that movie. so He said he didn't even have it's English subtitles and he liked it. <laughs> the 1990 movie? Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. Just... Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that looks exactly oh like goodness. Power Rangers. Joseph Bridges, you so bio son of a kids. Bitch. It's probably spoken in Tagalog. The, <laughs> oh, okay. The languages. Yeah, in, I, did, I did see it the post something. Okay, bio on bio kids. Okay, so bio kids is yeah, well. Bruce has a, a a Filipino adventure within the next week. We'll see what he thinks of bio kids. I'm gonna join. I on, have a Filipino adventure well. every week. Also for next right? week. <laughs> oh, very good. Thank you. So, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. But also, you know what? For next week, oh, you're going to hear our review of A Castle for Christmas in a, in a, after, like, pretty soon because we're going to record this right after. But next week, we're going to have, I think, the, the one one of the movies that Bruce really wants to see. He's been waiting on it. Bruce, why are you excited for Benedetta? Why are you excited for this? This is the screening okay. link you wanted us to get. Paul Verhoeven lesbian nun movie. Okay, I'm so, and, I don't know about you guys. I'm so I mean, what else do you need? Come on. <laughs> you know what happens? So midweek, folks, what happens is I usually, or actually last minute, maybe on a Wednesday or Thursday, I'll get a whole bunch of screener links. I'll, I usually tell Bruce and Eric, hey, you know what? It's, it's going to be a light week for next week. We're only going to do probably one movie. And I end up going screening link crazy. And <laughs> I think I, sometimes I request for three to five movies. So I think we have, we have Benedetta. Eric, do you know what else we have? What's that other movie you uh, mentioned that we have? Wolf and... Here's a hint. Wolf. Yeah, there's a movie called the, Wolf. It stars George McKay or Mackay or from 19... From 19... George what's that, what's that movie? 1917. Ooh, so I'm excited my. about that. No, not George Takai. George... <laughs> what's, what's his name? Wolf. Um, George Mackey or Mackay. M-A-C-K-A-Y. And it stars Lily Rose Depp as well, the daughter of of Johnny Depp. And we have another movie, I think, with Lamorne Morris. We have that. And I think we have I, I think we have four movies and we're gonna get to a castle for Christmas. So we have a whole lot of stuff for the holidays for you guys. And you wanna say anything before we go, Eric Holmes? I wanna say that I love you guys. I want to give you big hugs all the time. And thank you, Joseph Very Bridges, good. for making me watch Bio Kids for next week. But <laughs> like, he's not making well. he's <laughs> making Bruce watch Bio Kids for next week. I'm totally gonna watch Bio Kids for next week. <laughs> Assuming Very it's, cool. it's available anywhere, I hope. And as always, we're going to lead off the show or finish the show off with Bruce Berkey. All I'm going to say is keep an ear out. You might hear me appear on a middle-class film class soon. Oh, Very good. Middle-class film class. Okay, it should be interesting. We will see you guys next week or maybe you'll listen to us 24 hours from now when you get our thoughts on a castle for Christmas. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon.